Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we travel to St. Louis, Time and Pressure, Nelly, Country Grammar, you know the fucking vibes. I had a really great time talking to James and Drew. I think they have an awesome dynamic. I can tell just by the conversation that we had. They're amazing friends, and it was just a way more fun conversation than I expected because I look forward to doing the podcast every time. Whoever is down to come on and talk to me, I'm super appreciative and look forward to it always. But for some reason, these two just had a fun nature to them. We talked about Taco Bell, just the most random stuff. And I just love their chemistry. And I just love the way that they reacted to the things I had to say. And it was just really fun for me. So I'm really happy for you guys to listen to this conversation with James and Drew from Time and Pressure, St. Louis Hardcore. So strap in and enjoy it because it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Yeah, hey, thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Hey, how you doing? Dude, do you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick? Yeah, uh, I'm James. I play guitar in Time and Pressure. Uh, I'm Drew, and I sing in Time and Pressure, and am currently uh, about to drive through the Taco Bell drive-thru. So. Also, a, another awesome. thing I'm known for doing. Are they going to read back your order to make sure it's right? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, I mean, I ordered through the app, so they should probably just have it ready to go. Okay. I, so you mentioned um, before we went live that you ordered online. I didn't realize that you actually have the Taco Bell app. I literally just thought you went to the website. No, I use the ta- I use the app. Wow, that's honestly that's so insane to me because I I, Dude, I, I told you future. he is the he is the only person who does that. <laughs> that's so crazy. Um, What's are, funny is like we we did a podcast not too long ago where we just like talked about Taco Bell for a real for a period and like it's just a coincidence that I'm doing this now. <laughs> okay, it seems like uh, I I feel like you're secretly being paid by Taco Bell to promote it on these podcasts dude i wish i was being paid by taco bell i I have (laughs) tried i have tried to get paid by taco bell by uh like rewriting lyrics to songs to be about taco bell and then i like send it to them in a tweet they would never sponsor me though they never i don't even think they read it that's true that's that's not even a joke that's like a real thing you (laughs) too that's wild are there any benefits to having the taco bell app uh, you get free delivery, which is now I'm re- in retrospect. I should have done that. Well, you get free delivery on that. I didn't know that. That's sick. I I think you do. You used to at least. Uh, and is there like a certain like radius that it has to be within, or is it just straight up free delivery wherever? I think I, it's through. I think it's through Grubhub. Yeah, it's Grubhub, through Grubhub. Grubhub. Okay, yeah. See, they were doing it for free for a while, but that they they don't anymore. It, like you have oh. to spend like X amount of dollars to get it for free. Well, or, there like, it is. Or something like that. I okay. thought I thought 
that there was a benefit. The only real benefit is that like you can, if there's stuff that you like modify, you can just save it and you can just do it in one click, which is something that I do. So like whenever I want to get a steak taco with no lettuce and no tomato, I just have it saved in my favorites ready to go. Okay. That's super convenient. You're just uh, ready for that one click taco. Yeah. Wow. It's like, oh, future. Man, I, <laughs> I'm a dumpster person and I'm lazy. Boom. Do you think this is the future that like our parents dreamed was going to be a thing? Like not flying cars, none of that bullshit. I just want to press a button on my phone and just tacos are there and I don't have to be fucking tedious about it and say that I don't want lettuce every time. I have no idea. I uh, used to think of, um, have you guys ever watched Dragon Ball Z? Yes. Have we ever watched? Yeah, of course we have. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, I wasn't sure, but um, Bulma and her capsule corp with those little um, capsules, that's what I picked up the future being like, just being able to like, you know, pop up stuff like anywhere. Dude, did you watch Dragon Ball Super when it was coming out? I did. It was great. Dude, it was good. I loved it. I've never seen Super and and, like, I feel like I need to because I don't know. Like, I tried watching GT and it was just so like, it was really disappointing and I want to watch super. Yeah. GT was ass. Super is way better. Yeah. I think going into super, you're supposed to ignore the events of GT. Yeah. 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 But like GT was made without Akira Toriyama. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically just like fan fiction, I guess. I feel like the only thing I really liked about Dragon Ball GT was, uh, Super 17, the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so yeah I, I, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I vaguely remember it. I remember watching it when I was younger, and then, like, you know, when Dragon Ball Z was airing, you'd go online to, like, fucking GeoCities websites and find pictures of, like, Super Saiyan 4 Goku and stuff like that, and you'd find, like, random pictures of characters from GT. Yeah, I definitely did that. I played the, the PlayStation game, the Dragon Ball GC Final Bout. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually how I found out that like GT was a thing. I didn't know what that was. I thought that it was just some kind of like weird, uh, like Dragon Ball ripoff or something. And how did you play that game? Because if, if I remember correctly, that you had to like get it imported. Yo, there was a blockbuster by me that had an English version of it. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to rent it from there. And that like was my that was how I like was introduced to a bunch of characters. That's I think insane. the only the, I think the first Dragon Ball game I ever played was what was it was Budokai was that PS2 or one PS2 okay yeah that's the that was the first Dragon Ball game I ever played was Budokai that I remember of at least yeah I, I feel like you, they saw the success with those early games of Dragon Ball on PS2 and they like cranked out so many that were so similar that they're kind of a blur yeah the only what one was that the I, other one that was like Tenshi Budokai or some weird shit like that. I can't remember the name of it. Honestly, the only other one that stood out for me was it was called. Um, now I'm thinking. I, I think it was called Super Dragon Ball Z, and it, it played like a um, the, the controls were, were like Street Fighter. Like you'd do like mm-hmm. you know core circle punch to do moves, and it wasn't like fully 3D like <clears throat> Budokai. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters was really cool. That one that came out like. What, two or three years ago or so. I liked that a lot. I I don't really give much of a shit about video games, so I, I think I rented it for like a week. I was like, okay, cool. I don't ever have to do this again. Yeah, for Dragon Ball, I think that's like the best that they've ever done. Uh, the, the company that made it. Like, it looks amazing. Like, that game looks Thanks, better like, than the anime. 
Oh. This dickhead and his fucking chalupas or whatever the fuck he's getting. <laughs> no, it was the steak tacos with no lettuce or whatever. No, I know. I, he, he probably got a steak quesadilla and he probably got some tacos with no lettuce and some other shit. It's all good. There's a like Taco Bell's based out of like the headquarters are based out of Orange County, if I remember correctly. Don't, isn't that where like the hotel that they they came up with recently wasn't there like a like a, a hotel that had like x amount of rooms or something like that and they were they were doing it for a short amount of time i think it might have been like where their their company is based but i can't remember for sure it was a thing like a couple months ago yeah uh, so the company is i'm pretty sure it's based out of um, irvine california but the hotel was down in palm springs oh, okay yeah, so my parents are from the Palm Springs area. That, like, that's where I grew up. And I still have some friends that live out there. And we tried booking a room the day they opened, like, reservations. And it sold out so fast. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it sold out within, like, the day, I think, or within, like, a few hours or something. Because there wasn't very many. Yeah. And I think it was only open for, what, like, a weekend or something like that? I think it was just, like, a week straight, I think. That's crazy. Yeah, which is insane. So what part of California do you live in now? Like near Disneyland. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. I was looking at your blog earlier this week, and I, I noticed all the Disneyland posts and stuff. Oh. Uh, we're going to California in, in March for a handful of shows, and uh, I just finished up like a Disneyland like esque shirt for us for those shows. I'm really embarrassed that you read the blogs. I haven't updated that in so long. I'm, I, that's like my worst habit when it comes to the website. Really? <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, I've, I've tried to do blogs before too, and it's it's a pain to like keep track of that or like keep up with it like on a consistent basis. Yeah, like my biggest issue is the app for my phone because I have an Android phone and I feel like Squarespace, that's who powers my website. I feel like they treat Android um, as a platform, like as like a second rate thing, because when I had an iPhone, the the dedicated app was amazing. But for the Android platform, it's just it's kind of ass, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I'm real curious. You're so time and pressure is coming out to California. Yeah, we'll be doing five dates with uh, spirits from I think they're from Boston, somewhere in Massachusetts. Um, some of those dudes live in like northern California. Um, Matt Tyler, he was in like Discourage and he was in Dying for It for a little bit. Um, he plays guitar for them and uh, they're doing a West Coast tour for like two weeks and we're hopping on like five days of it. So I think we're going to be there from the 17th of March. Uh, until like the 22nd, I think. Dang, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we, and yeah, we start, we start. In, you start when? I'm sorry. Uh, we start in San Diego and then it ends in Oakland. Oh, okay. So that, you guys already know all the venues you guys are playing at? Um, just a couple. I know we're hitting up Che and then program. And then I think the other three shows, uh, are still kind of being like worked on right now. We were just figuring out, we just like finalized, uh, the last bit of routing like this week when they got the two first shows confirmed. Um, we've been planning it for like the last month or so, but now it's finally at that point where it's like, we need to start getting stuff going and getting like plane tickets, uh, bought within like the next six weeks and all that stupid shit, the expensive stuff. But we're only going to be out there for five days. That's that's all the time. It's, it's during like Drew's spring break and then like my kids spring break. OK, no, the, I think that's pretty awesome. And I'm actually really surprised to to hear that because I literally had no idea that you guys had any plans to come out to the West Coast. 
Yeah, no, we haven't announced it yet. Um, this, I guess, is the first time we have. Like, we've we've told a few friends about it. Just like, uh-huh. oh yeah, we're gonna go out to California for five days, but we haven't made like an official announcement about it or like a flyer or anything yet. Just because it's still like in the planning stages, and I don't want to do it too early and then have a bunch of stuff change in between then and or us break up in between now and then for whatever reason. Oh, wow. Like, whoops, sure. psych. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. And obviously, you guys have been around since 2018. Yeah, yeah, we started uh, we started writing together uh, in like the early part of 2018, and then we played our first show in June of 2018. Okay, that's not that long, so it's uh, it's kind of cool that you guys are making it out to California pretty early. Yeah, we we've, we've been wanting to do that for a while. Um, we just kind of focused on like the Midwest and then uh, the East Coast. Over the, we did about a week and a half, uh, like ten days on the East Coast. Uh, this past summer, uh, a couple of those shows were with chemical fix. And then we decided it's like, well, driving from Missouri to California is a pain in the ass. So let's just fly out there for a week. <laughs> you know, it's funny is, um, when I started having guests on, I actually had, uh, Antonio from spine on, and he talked about how he felt like at the time that Midwest hardcore kind of got overlooked but I feel like now, like fast forward to, you know, from my first guest to you guys, I feel like that has definitely changed. I feel like there's like a way bigger focus on Midwest hardcore. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think it, it's a lot of the bands are just finally like getting out and touring more. Like, yeah, on, on certain coasts, it's a little bit easier, but it's also easier to like route weekends and uh, say like California or say like the East Coast. Like every driving on the East Coast that we did, I think like the longest one was like four hours five to six hours is like a short drive for us in the midwest so like the distance between cities helps a lot on those sides but i think more bands from our area just like getting out and touring more is is definitely helping a lot okay but yeah that that's pretty cool and you guys um when you come to the west coast is it just california dates yeah we were gonna go to nevada for like a day i think we were gonna go to vegas for a day but i think we're just sticking with five california shows this time around um, we'll try to make it up to like the Pacific Northwest, like that area, maybe next year. I don't know. I, I plan really far in advance for us just because, I mean, Drew's a teacher, like everyone's got jobs and like a few of us have kids and stuff. So like I've got our entire schedule plotted for like all of 2020 already of like what dates we're going where and like what cities and all that stuff. And I'm trying to get everywhere as much as possible. But, you know, it's we can only fit so much in, in that year. Yeah, and I, I think it's crazy that you're able to do that because it's so hard to plan that far in advance because there's so many things that could change. Yeah, that uh, for the most part, I usually just pick like a weekend a month and decide like, hey, these three days, don't do anything because I'm going to send us somewhere. Because I do all the planning for us, so like, and I do all the booking for our shows and everything. So usually I'll just have like a general like plot in my head throughout the year. And then when it comes, like when it comes down to like, time to settle it and see where we're going to go. I usually just plot everything out and uh, give us like one or two months off where we're not doing anything as far as like out of town stuff. But uh, yeah, for as far as next year, I think we're out of town every month except for like two with like maybe two longer ish tours and then a handful of weekends. That's cool. That, that's definitely uh, an awesome thing for you guys to be able to stay that busy on top of like dealing with normal life. Yeah, it's it's 
it's it's fun but like it's also it, it can get a little hectic like i've got a wife and two kids and luckily like my wife is totally cool with me acting like i'm fucking 16 years old and still touring <laughs> in a hardcore band so I, me, I honestly like it's it, i wouldn't be able to do like half the cool shit if it wasn't like her be like you know that's fine you can go be an asshole for a year <laughs> dude this this last weekend um so like james mentioned that i teach and uh over like the last week and we just went and played some shows in, um, or just kind of like, you know, Chicago, Minneapolis. And we went to Columbia, Missouri and I was really dumb. I was really stupid and scheduled like big assignments for all of my classes that were due that day. Uh, like the day that we left, um, the Friday. So like that whole time that we were gone, I was just like stressing about when am I going to have time to grade these? And I, I still haven't found time to do them. So it's been like a week now and I'm behind on stuff, but you know, Hey, that's just a casualty of the rocket. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's oh, pretty God, interesting. If I ever, said, <laughs> please, if I ever say something like that again, dude, Eric is in the room oh, and wow. can like hear you from across the room, and is like, it, we're all just embarrassed in this room right I now. I can, I can see the face that she made about dude, me. It uh, was that face. That's that's so funny. Honestly, I, um, I just, you know, was gonna kind of just go along and continue the conversation and not really acknowledge that you said that. But dude, it's okay. sometimes <laughs> Drew doesn't rock at all, like, man. No, I don't at all. Drew sucks. I like every now and then, like when I'm midway through saying something, it's like I know that I shouldn't be saying it, but I got to commit to it or I'm going to just look even worse. So I just say it and then I'm like, oh, man, that was stupid. Nah, man, I really don't think it could have gotten any worse than that. I think you should have bailed in the beginning. <laughs> For sure. And no, that's totally fine. But I, I'm definitely curious like, when you have like big assignments like that for your students, do you give them a time period when they will be graded or do you just kind of um, hand them back when you're done? Um, I, I try to commit to uh, I try to commit to two weeks at the max. Um that I'm, I'm, I'm a really bad procrastinator and I always have been. So like there, there are just times where I don't stick to that, uh, time frame. but I always try to say two weeks total. If it's like, I mean, if, if it was only one of my classes, like doing one of those assignments, that'd be one thing I could do that in a week or something like, I mean, I could do that in, in a couple of days, but the fact that I did, all six of my classes at the same time, which was stupid anyway. I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, hey, making mistakes and learning from them is one of the biggest parts of the job. Yeah, I, I guess it's one way you can kind of, you know, learn and grow. Never do it again. Yeah, that's that's the way that I learn the best is by like, oh, I screwed up. I got to do this now. Or, yeah, I know not to do that in the future. Okay. I, I really like your guys' dynamic. How do you guys know each other? Uh, we just met. Maybe I like don't a year know. Ago. Yeah, actually. No, we've been. Uh, Drew's been my best friend for like ten years now. I think. Okay, that's a long uh, time. We we like kind of oddly met on like a local hardcore board, like message board that we had here. There's is like the old STL hardcore board, and uh, I was selling some records, and he lowballed me on like a like a pretty like rare minor threat record. And uh, dude, I I lowballed him real hard, dude. He lowballed me. I was, it was fucking insulting. Like I'm still mad about it. 
I and then you're like crunching in that damn bag. What the fuck? I'm sorry, I was getting out of my car, man. Oh so, my god! Did you just like eat a bag of tinfoil? Shit. Anyway, so I so like, he, he lowballed me real hard on this record, and then like his band that sucked real bad at the time called The Deficit. Uh, was looking for a bass player, and for some reason, I was just like, you know what? I don't respect myself. I'm gonna punish myself and maybe <laughs> join this band. And then that's pretty much how we became friends. Okay, that's awesome. That's you know, ten years is a long time. I yeah, I don't know yeah. if I've ever told James this, but the reason why I lowballed you uh, for those it was it was like several records, but the the minor threat one was the big one. The reason why I lowballed you is because I thought you were an old guy who like just needed some money and would take anything. Oh no. I, I really, afraid. I really, I really thought that you were like in your forties. No, I think I was like 20 or maybe 19. <laughs> yep. Had no idea. I thought you were just an old guy. Ew. That's gross. It was Cause of the, like the way that you talked to people on there made me think that you were old. Oh, it's funny. Cause I ended up giving him that record for free. Like a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, so I got it. You didn't take his lowball offer back then. No, yeah, he played the fucking long game and waited like eight years, and I just gave it to him. Okay, that's crazy. That's that's like a really long time. That's really deep into your friendship. <laughs> yeah, I know. And now, like, I feel like I'm just stuck with him. Okay. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, it does feel that. Oh my god, with that fucking paper, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> can you you can hear? That it's like, yeah, yeah, man, you should stop that forever and never do that again. (laughs) My, my, my bad, my bad. I'll take a bite of my cheesy gordita crunch. Oh, oh, you're gonna eat like such an asshole, too. (laughs) Fucking, oh, god, I hate so much. Anyway, so we've been friends for a long time and uh, we've been in (laughs) bands together pretty much since the beginning of that. We've been in bands together since like 2009, yeah. And have you guys always then, played the same role in the bands that you guys have been in together? N- no, not I've always. Actually, I've played drums in one. I've played guitar in a couple of them. And I think if you can count it, I played bass in one, but I never played any shows or anything with them. And we had our first band that like we did together that actually like played any shows. Um, I played bass in that band. We had a different singer. Okay, that's cool. And how would you describe the scene out in St. Louis right now? Uh, it's pretty cool. It, it's uh, I book the majority of the shows that come through. Um, I haven't had anything. I think in 2019 I did, I think it was like 26 shows this year or something like that. Uh, and I think last year I did something like close to 30. So like, it's pretty steady. Um I haven't done anything since like October. I don't have anything coming up until Jan- until January. So like I've just been kind of taking a break on, on booking in general. But like for the most part, the shows are fine. It's kind of it's kind of hit or miss depending. Like I feel like if the internet doesn't tell people that they should like a certain band, then like they won't come. And our scene's a little bit older than a lot of others. It's like the median age for people that come to shows is probably like mid twenties. Oh wow, that is like uh, which is sounds weird to me saying um that is a little bit of an older crowd. Yeah, definitely. It's it's weird. Like, there's a few like there's a handful of younger kids, and there's like this kid named Ethan, uh, who's like in high school. I think he's like fifth. I think he like just turned fifteen. Uh, who comes around occasionally, but like that's 
there's few and far between of like younger kids under like the age of 20. That's so crazy. It's kind of sucks. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's weird. There's a, a handful of local bands, uh, they kind of just play whatever, like play everything. And if it's not a big show, like a big, big show, then it's usually, I don't know, like 30 to 50 kids or something like that. And uh, do you guys have like a steady venue? Yeah. Uh, there's this place called the sinkhole here. That's pretty much like home base for like every hardcore show, like all the smaller ones, at least. Okay. <clears throat> that's definitely a good thing to have. And instead of having to like float around at like DIY spots, which can be kind of rough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Like after booking all these tours and stuff for us, it's, it's weird to see like how sketchy or like spotty venues can be for people to like, to lock down. Like I, I, if I get an offer on a show, I can hit up Matt who owns the sinkhole and be like, Hey, uh, I have a date that I need film. Can you do it? And I can know within like an hour to two hours if I have the show or not. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's weird because I've I've talked to people that we've tried to book shows with out of town, and it'll take them like oh I'll have to, I'll know in like a week or two weeks or something like that, and I can know within a fucking hour if I'll be able to do it or not here. Yeah, like I, I've definitely reached out um, behind the scenes and try to like help friends get dates booked like across the U.S. and it's like kind of surprising to me like how long people will take to get back to me, or sometimes they never get back to me, and yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to feel like you're bothering somebody by like hitting them up multiple times. Be like, oh, hey, did you hear anything back? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Booking tours is the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah. I've like tried- it, it helps because like I book a lot of stuff here. So it kind of mm-hmm. helps. Like I've gotten a lot of contacts. So I can just like hit up friends for show trades or just like hit up people for favors and stuff like that. But holy shit, it's still annoying. Um- we did two weekends. We did two weekend tours like right when we first started before we had any music even out or recorded and it was just from me pulling favors from people to be like hey can we uh maybe come play where you live oh what do you guys sound like i can't tell you because i don't know yet what was the motivation behind that because i feel like most people would want to have at least some material out so people will kind of have an idea of what they sound like instead of just showing I just, up i just figured if we hit the ground running as soon as possible that it would help and I mean, it kind of it kind of seems to have helped because like, while we were recording the demo, like in the studios, when we got hit up by Safe Inside to like put the demo out on the tape, and how they even know about you guys? Uh, we'd played a few shows with with uh, Decline and like just a few other people, and they I guess they just passed the word along to to Burn at Safe Inside, like hey, you should you should check out this band when you get a chance. And he'd he'd seen videos of us playing shows before. So he just hit us up while we were in the studio and was just like, hey, I when your demo's done, I want to hear it and I want to put it out. And we're just like, oh, okay. So we've just been hooked with him ever since then. And that was back in like August of last year. And then the set the LP came out like maybe a year and a week to the date of the uh the tape coming out, the demo. Okay. Yeah. And there, that's kind of a fast turnaround to put out new music. Did you guys just like, were you guys just like sitting on a ton of material or did you guys know that you wanted to follow up like really quickly? Um, so the demo I wrote complete, like all the riffs in the demo are just stuff that I wrote sitting around playing guitar for a while. I've always wanted to do a band like this uh, with Drew singing for, for years. We were in one together for a little bit, but like the drummer wrote everything for it. So there was no like, creative freedom for that so i just got bored and, and wrote all the songs for the demo and then as soon as we put the demo out we played a bunch of shows 
And then that fall winter time is when we wrote the A side of the, uh, the LP, which is, I think is like six songs. Uh, we wrote all that and then recorded it in March. So we write fairly quickly. Like we're working on our new, our next release right now. And I think we're like five songs deep into it after starting like a month or two ago. Damn. I I feel like that's cool. And I I always like, I'm I'm never sure because there's only been times where like I I can kind of look back at certain bands and kind of wish that they let certain records live a little longer before putting out Mm -hmm. the next one. Um, But there's also been times where it's just, you know, bands will put out, you know, banger after banger. And I'm just like in love with everything that they're putting out. So I'm always torn and I'm not sure which way, um, you know, bands should lean if they should just kind of let things sit or just constantly pump out as much as they can while they can. Yeah, I think 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 it it works out really well for us because like the demo, I kind of look at our LP as like a seven inch, but it's just fucking bigger pretty much just because the B side of the demo. Uh-huh. it's just getting a re-release on top of like a few extra songs so like this next release will probably come out a year to the uh, year after the lp came out so i think we're just kind of doing things in year increments and i think that's like works between like touring as often as you can even if it's just like for a few days a month on top of like kind of constant output of, of music like once a year kind of helps keeps you it keeps you relevant and keeps you like in people's minds so you got, that way you don't get forgotten like so do you remember like what record you heard in the beginning of the year that you, that you cared about. You have to like go back and think about when you're making like your top 10 list. And most of the stuff that comes out on like people's top 10 into the year list is stuff that's come out within like the last four or five months, just because there's so much shit coming all out all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. I feel like if I think, as long as you, as you stay out as much as you can, and then like you, you have like a, enough coming out musically to where it's not overwhelming, but it's enough to like, you know, keep that gauging, like keep engaging interest with people and like keep developing your sound. And it's not putting out the same thing over and over again, that it, it kind of helps more than hurts. Mm-hmm. I, I think too, like with, um, kind of in the age of like where most people are consuming music through streaming, um, it, it really doesn't hurt to just have a, a bunch of stuff coming out you know, back to back. Um, like if you, if, if, if we were solely relying on like having to put stuff out in stores, then, you know, like you'd have to, you'd have to put out a record and then like promote that record and then wait a while, promote the next record when that comes out. And so you want to space that all out, but with it being like, um, since every, it's it's streaming and everything just kind of lives on the internet, there's always just, you know, the, those records aren't going away. They're just constantly there for somebody to find. So you can put out like three, if, I mean, ideally, maybe, or if you really want to do, you know, you could put out a record a year and it's not, I don't think that that's really going to hurt the way that those records are viewed because you just can, you know, you just listen to them back to back like that in order or in backwards order, whatever you wanted to do. Do you ever feel like, or do you ever think that you might hit like a creative wall when it comes to writing hardcore since you're putting things out yeah, at such a I, rapid rate? I think so all the time. <laughs> I don't. I got riffs on riff and so does Dave. This fuck <laughs> okay. Drew and his hoe ass self. I got steady riffs all okay. day, every day. I also, Dave, I mean, like Dave literally has like a dozen songs on his phone at any given time he can send me. And then I've just got like a phone full of riffs. So don't. Don't pay no mind to this fucking bozo. 
We got riffs yeah. on riffs. Don't worry about M- it. Musically, I don't think that we're really struggling at all. Uh, when it comes Lyrically, to like, we're probably, that's probably our weakest point. Lyrics, <laughs> yeah. all of that. I think like lyrically, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't ever write stuff. Well, I, I, I used to, but I don't anymore. I don't write stuff being like, this is going to be a hardcore song. You know, like I just write what I want. And then if I'm going to yell it over something, then it's, then it's going to sound like a hardcore song. You know, I'm more so worried about like what I have to say versus how I say it, I guess. Okay. No, the, the, that's pretty interesting to hear. And I'm definitely happy to hear that you guys are really confident in um, not losing that creative drive because uh, like, oh, I, I, I mean, I worry about it all the time. Okay. That's just, I think that that's a thing that just people who like to make things do. I don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I, I'm uh, the type to worry as well. Because uh, I have talked about it. Um, well, I haven't talked about it as much recently, but uh, the way that I kind of structure this whole podcast, I like to book uh, the guests like a month in advance because I, I used to do it like the week of, and I don't even know how I convince people to do that for me. But now I've gotten to the point where um people will you know be down to um come on like you know I'll, I'll ask them like a month out and there'll be times where like i get stressed out like oh shit like i got the month book but like who am i gonna get next month and like i always have this like this weird like feeling like uh like this well might be dry but then something weird happens and then like it'll just spider web out and then i'll just get a whole new crop of guests and people are down so it's like this weird thing that always happens yeah no, I, I, I was a little worried about stuff like that when we when we finished the demo, because like the demo got a lot more attention than any of us had expected. So I was just like, oh, shit, what if we write a bunch of bad songs for this next release? <laughs> and then like we put the record out and it got a lot more attention. A lot of people seemed really into it. So it's like, oh, OK, cool. So maybe like we could just keep doing that, but suck less at it. And then maybe it'll be cool. <laughs> that, that's just kind of my game plan is to just suck less at riffs. So. Yeah, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and your guys' style is um, pretty interesting because it's just you guys like are more like a just like a straightforward hardcore band. Yeah, I think so. I we get lumped in with melodic stuff sometimes, okay. and like we have some melodic elements, I think. But uh, I, I, I'd rather someone be like, "Oh, that band's like Carry On and Riper Brigade," rather than be like, "Oh man, it's not like the fuck Carrier." No diss to the Carrier. I just don't ever want to sound like that ever. Okay. <laughs> wow, that sounds really bad. But I actually like the carrier. I mean, it's fine. I just, I just don't like that melodramatic shit, and it's mm-hmm. fucking boring. And like, which is weird because anyway, he wants to do bands with me on vocals. Yeah, because you're like that's a good like writer. The stuff, that's the stuff I as write. Much as I write melodramatic stuff. Me. As much as it fucking pains me, deep in my fucking heart, to compliment Drew for any reason. He's a very good writer. And I like his lyrics a lot. And I like his, I, I think his, I've, I've written songs like with his stupid ass voice in mind that ended up being time of pressure songs. Like I wrote the song that we have. I wrote mm-hmm. that like fucking eight years ago. You're like, Oh, Drew should sing on this. And then just reuse the riff for this. But yeah, he, he's, yeah, he sucks, but he's good at something. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, um, was listening to your guys' record and like, all uh all of yesterday and um earlier today and out of like the 11 tracks that you guys have i i thought it was like pretty cool um your guys' style um you know traditional hardcore but then there are like a little like um uh melodic like hardcore elements but it's like when i was looking at the music as a whole i felt that you guys could kind of fit on 
any type of hardcore show, which I thought was cool. And I was even um, looking at the track list and like uh, just imagining different set lists for different types of hardcore shows, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we kind of do that sometimes, too. Like when we did shows with Defeater, it was a little bit different from, from when we did shows with like Chemical Fix or like just playing any kind of like regular show because we, we do get lumped in with just pretty much any kind of style of hardcore. Like we've played with Knocked Loose and we've played with like bands like like fast bands like Chemical Fix and, and stuff like that. So we kind of do cater it to like where we're going to go. If we're playing like three shows in a row or something like that, then we usually just have like one set list that we'll do for that whole time. But when we did the uh, the East Coast run, I think we changed it up like every night, just kind of depending on what we were feeling. That's awesome too. I I definitely love that because it's like people who are actually like fans of the music and like listen to everything that you guys do. If they make it out to those shows and they get to hear those different sets and hear like, you know, the deep cuts that they normally wouldn't hear. Um, I, I think that that's definitely like an awesome thing. And I wish more bands would do that. Yeah. That's I, what's dude, cool I, about all of our songs being like two minutes long. Cause we could literally play all of them and it'd be like 20 minutes. <laughs> I hate playing the same set list over and over again. It's just like, to me that it's just, I don't know. It, it's just boring. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, are you familiar with, um, uh, the mountain goats? No, I'm not at all. Mountain goats is like an indie band. Uh, some people call them like folky. I don't know, but they're like one of my favorite bands. Okay. And, I, uh, I envy this dude for not knowing who the fucking mountain goats are. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, they're 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 a weird band, but like uh, that dude has been he's put out like an album, um, like an album every two years since 1996. Oh, wow. And and I mean, like we're talking and then he like has songs that just never go on records. We're talking this dude has like six to seven hundred songs in his catalog at this point. And he never on tour. He writes a different set list every night. And it's always just like, what do I feel like playing today? And then sometimes like he'll even just, you know, like get away from that set list because people are yelling out songs they want to hear. And he's like, oh, you know what? I do feel like playing that. And then he'll just play a song. And I I, I always like that because I feel like, uh, I don't know, I'm real. I feel like hardcore is really big about like it's really important to live in the moment and all that, you know, like again, melodramatic crap. So like (laughs) to, to be able to be, just be like, this is the song I feel like playing today. That's more important to me than like, Oh, here's the set list, the rigidly timed set list we have to stick to, you know, but I'm not the only person in the band, so we don't get to do that all the time. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm a man of rules. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we try to fit like eight. We usually do it like eight songs. That's fucking it. This shit is fast, and we don't want to be annoying because when bands play for like more than twenty minutes, I'm fucking dumb son. I got time for that shit. That's too long. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Eight songs is really good. Yeah, that, and that's even like, well, since you guys' songs are shorter, that's fine. But um, if there's like other bands, it's with like them- a, I think I think we clock it in at like right at like eighteen minutes, and that includes like Drew's fucking talking about stupid shit thing. And then, so like, if we didn't do that, like think of a world where like we played shows and like drew didn't talk in between them, like how fucking sick that would be. Cause one, <laughs> nobody would have to hear that. And two, like things would be so much shorter. Like it'd be so sick, but you know, 
perfect world and all. But uh, we try to clock it like less than 20 minutes. Like we'll get set time. When we did those shows with Defeater, we got set times for like half an hour. We're just like, oh, shit. I guess we just play everything twice. <laughs> or Drew gets to talk a little longer. You don't want that. I'm telling that you. doesn't usually happen. Okay. But I, I still can't get over that guy having that many songs in his catalog. Yo, it, it's... I that's one of my, I love that band so much. And just to, to know that that dude has songs that like you could, you could see him every day for a year and never hear like the same set list twice. It's great. I feel like I'd be more worried about showing up and not hearing the songs that I like and hearing a bunch of shit that I've never heard and probably be upset that I spent money and time and didn't hear anything that I enjoyed or wanted to. Well, I mean, he's always promoting a record. So there's any, and you know, so there's like stuff that he's gonna play off something new. And then of course there's like the hits, you know, quote unquote hits for a band like that. So there's stuff that like people are, you're definitely going to hear, but like I've seen him, I've seen mountain goats four times now. And every single time there's like a song, uh, one or two songs that I'm just like, Oh, I did not expect I was going to hear this today. Or he'll, or he'll be like, oh, uh, here's a song I wrote today. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. kind of want to bring it back to your guys' band, the name of the record. I, I was uh, curious if you guys can talk about why you went with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you why. It's because <laughs> <laughs> it's because. I wanted to name it something that had something to do with the lyrics. And then everybody said, no, Drew, that's dumb. And then we had an argument. And then uh, I said, fine, call it whatever you want. That was that's why it's called that. <laughs> Wait, so so uh, who picked the, the gateway city sound? I don't remember. Someone who wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that's why it doesn't suck. <laughs> that's why it's good. That's why it sounds cool. I wanted to call it. uh, uh I don't even remember some of my suggestions. I had I had suggestions I that were like it was some sad bullshit. No one cares about the record. <laughs> it, it was an homage to fear. Okay, well, I, I definitely like that you guys went with something that I'm kind of represents where you guys are from because I, I always love when bands are proud of where they're from and like to put on for their city. Yeah, Dude, that's sure. that's been it from day one. It's been fucking. St. Louis, suck my dick, fuck everybody since from jump. Like, that's why everything's got, like, a stupid fucking Florida lease or some shit about St. Louis on it. Just about every piece of merch I think we've had has had, like, some kind of, like, St. Louis imagery on it. That's cool, because um, forgive me um, if I'm, miss, like, missing any bands, but I, I tried thinking about, like, you know, what hardcore bands are from like St. Louis proper, and I also couldn't think of any off the top of my head. I don't want to name any because I'm going to fucking forget somebody okay. and then someone's going to be mad about it. So I don't want to do that. But I do want to say that Brute Force is that fucking band from St. Louis. They're okay. on Dog Years. Brute Force. Okay. They, just put a, they just put a tape from on Dog Years that has like, who else is on Dog Years? Gum and End on End and a handful of other bands that are, that are friends of ours. But uh, yeah, Brute Force is like the one that's going to go out and tour a lot more, hopefully in the next coming year or so. But they played uh, Murder Fest with us in Tulsa recently. Who runs that? Is that Chris? No, Ooh, it's not. Uh, am I thinking of somebody else? Or maybe I'm mixing it up. Are you talking are you about the, the record label? Yeah. 
Yeah, Chris Smollett. He does. He does dog ears. Him and uh, his friend Dylan McIntosh. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. I I thought it was him because I've definitely talked to him behind the scenes before. Nice guy. He's okay. He's a good guy. He's okay. Okay. No, I think like fuck with Chris. I think with uh, with St. Louis, like there's bands that people know about from that were from St. Louis, like in the past. Um, Yeah. But I mean, like they they wouldn't be names that people who are probably into hardcore now would know. Uh, I mean, the most recent one was probably Everything Went Black, and they well, out of time, out of time toured quite a bit. Out of time did, yeah, yeah, out of time yeah. for sure. They did a split with uh, Focus Minds, right? And yeah. another another mistake, which yeah. is the fucking the best band from Midwest that has ever been, except for Cardiac Arrest from St. Louis. Okay. But yeah, another mistake. Another mistake is like a big reason why we're a band too. Okay, that's awesome, because. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, when I think of St. Louis and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, but I just think of Nelly. Dude, I fucking love Nelly. You know what? Haters be damned. Country Grammar is a good fucking record. Travis is going to listen to this shit and be like, that book record sucks. But you know what? It's got some good songs on it and I will fucking die on this hill. I, I think it's, I don't know. I think Nelly sucks. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm a real St. Lunatic. You a bitch. That record rules. Holy shit. Dude, a real St. Yeah, Lunatic. I, That's awesome. Yeah, that was the so that was much. the name of that uh that like group that he put together. It was like yeah, him dude. and Murphy, Murphy Lee. Lee. And Murphy I don't remember who else. Shows, but he, <laughs> Murphy yeah. Lee plays shows still to like dozens I, of people. I had a uh, uh, a few years ago. Uh, I was I had just started dating this girl, and she sent me a picture of her with Murphy Lee at a dirt cheap. And Murphy Lee had released a wine that day and she just happened to go into a dirt cheap to uh, uh, to like pick up something. And he was there promoting it. That's so fucking sick. It was really funny. What kind of wine do you think Murphy Lee? It was Moscato. I was a fucking Moscato dude. (laughs) That's so whack. I don't know what that word means, but. And it's like dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Is that like a liquor store like local to you guys? Yeah. Their tagline for a while was uh, the more she drink or the more you drink, the better she looks. That was their tagline for a while. And then then the owner died. So he's probably in hell. <laughs> well, the owner, it was owned by a family. And uh, the 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 guy, the, the 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 dude who like started the place got kicked out of the business and his wife took it over and he had to start up a new place called Fred's Cheapo Depot. Oh, fuck. That's dude. It's like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. It is, man. That's crazy. Yeah, he's dead now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> you guys frequent uh, dirt sheep? No, no. Drew does but I do not. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been no, I've been straight edge for like, like seventeen super, years. Yeah, and I was straight edge for a while, and now I'm not. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Why is everybody saying that? Oh, yeah, I broke edge. Let's fucking get it out of the way. Let's just let's just let's just let's, let's clear this fucking table. I broke edge on strawberryita. Fuck you. That's what happened. <laughs> okay, um, just real quick. Are you are you the only one that's not edge in time and pressure? No, Drew, Drew, who and Blake are the only ones that are straight edge. The rest of us are not. Like uh, Dave and Travis are not, and I am not. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I, I was looking at the album cover and picturing it with some X's on it. It could look a little cooler. I agree. 
I don't. That's whack. <laughs> I don't want that stupid shit. For sure. We got fucking, we got Bozo in the band. We got fucking good time guys in the band. And I just get really high and almost piss my pants. That's, that's what we do here. That's wild. Um, get high and piss your pants. Okay. Is almost. weed legal in your area? No, but we it go is. to places where it is. <laughs> Okay. It's it's not legal, but it's de- uh, decriminalized. Yeah, and um, Illinois, Illinois, which we live like twenty minutes from, is about to be like completely recreational uh, January first. Okay, hell yeah, that that's cool because like obviously uh, in California th- that's how it is. Like you can smoke weed wherever; it's like not a big deal anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. For sure, and. Even though I am straight edge, I, I don't think weed should be Ill- illegal. So. Drew's like completely opposite of that. Like he's one of those people that's like, yo, fuck them all, round them all up. You know, like the whole Earth Crisis shit. Like that's Drew's fucking mantra is like the entire song Firestorm. Don't let him tell you otherwise. He's about to lie and say he's not. But I'm here to set the fucking record straight. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 shit. he's lying. I'm not he's lying. lying. I'm not lying. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't really. I don't think that like. I don't know. I kind of have a hard time. I don't know. I go back and forth with like, I think that like drugs should be decriminalized. Um, and like, I don't really care if people want to like shoot heroin, but then at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there is the part of the, part of why people don't do it is the legality of it. And, you know, maybe like, at least one person's life is being saved by the fact they're like, Oh man, this is illegal. But again, I also don't think that like you should go to jail for it. It should at least be like maybe a fine if anything, but uh, fucking cop response. One eight seven on a PIG. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I feel like I, I used to care about people um, being straight edge and selling out and all that when I was younger. But then so many of my friends that I looked up to and respected just gave up and sold out. And I, I remember being young and being like legit, like heartbroken, finding out like my older friends like sold out and them just like not really caring anymore. But I was like, damn, that, like that sucks. Like maybe uh, straight edge isn't like forever. But then I just, you know, kind of just stayed true to myself and stuck around and just never really uh, broke edge because. Yeah, dude, man, more straight edge for us. For sure. Um, (laughs) do you ever, do you ever get that? Do you ever get that feeling where like you wake up in the morning and you're rejuvenated and you're just like, Oh, I feel really strong today. And then you found out when your friends broke edge and you absorbed his powers. Boo this fucking Uh, joke. Boo. (laughs) No, I I honestly don't get enough sleep and I'm probably going to end up getting dementia when I'm older. Um, (laughs) so I always worry about the lack of sleep that I'm getting. Uh, so it's rare when I wake up feeling rejuvenated. Yeah, that sucks, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I just never have enough time of the day. I I sleep great uh, most of the time. Uh, Every time, uh, every time somebody breaks, you know, man, I get a little bit stronger. No, you don't. You're weak as shit. Shut up. Anyway, (laughs) next. I mean, it's only a little bit stronger. (laughs) Okay, so it it barely affects your straight edge attributes. 
Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't do much at all. My trading card would not be uh, different per year. Okay, so you'll just be a, a, a common card for a while. Yeah, I'm just gonna gonna have you know the same uh, level four endurance for the rest of my life. Okay. I also just want to add real quick that Sean Gonzalez is gonna be the next person in St. Louis to break edge. Just throw that out there. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Oh wow, who's that? Oh, bitch. he's a friend of ours. No, just kidding. He's a friend of ours. <laughs> And okay. it, it, so I keep a, I keep a list on my phone of like the order in which all of my friends are going to break edge, uh, okay. that I just like once predicted. again, some cop shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little strange. If I'm going to be honest, dude, I hear writing tickets and shit. No, it's, it's, it's hilarious because all of like, there are so many people who are like, they're, they're like people who know that I have this list. And then like, they're like, oh man, why am I on your list? So it like actually bothers them. And then there are people who are like, why am I not on your list? Like that validates them somehow if they are. And I think that's even funnier. So I keep a list just to piss people off. That's it. Man, that's the reason. Drew's out here a fucking social media influencer and shit. A fucking tastemaker. <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. And at any point, do you ever make this list public? Like an updated version for people to see where they stand? Uh, Once every couple of years, yeah. Damn, Drew. Fuck. Okay. So cool. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Everyone's me. listening to this right now. Like, holy shit, Drew, save some fucking cooch for the rest of us, man. God damn. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, go a little deeper about you booking shows. Do you ever find it that you need to stay consistent? I know like you're on a break right now till the new year. Does it ever worry you that the lack of shows at this part of the year is going to um, kind of leave kids lost and not really knowing where to go? It did. But then like, I just stopped caring about that. <laughs> like I had like this weird complex where I was just like, ah, oh, if I don't do it, no one else will. And then I was just like, who gives a shit? So that's where I'm at right now. It was just like, it's such a pain in the ass, like doing it. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this like full time. This is what I'm going to do all the time. Okay. I'm going to treat this as like, as like, as if it would be a job or something like that. So I was doing it constantly doing like four to five shows a month sometimes. And then after a while I was just getting burned out on it. I was like, dude, this sucks. I don't want to do this as much anymore. So I'm like trying to pawn it off onto other people now instead. Just be like, Hey, you know, what's a really fun thing to do. Punish yourself for months on end and have a bunch of people be mad at you for no reason. Like, Oh, well, how do I do that? You book hardcore shows. Oh, bet. And then they do it. And that's their fucking problem now. <laughs> that's definitely a smart move. Teach other people Dude. how to do it. So you don't have to be the only one. Exactly. Like it has, like it works. Like it's cool. Cause like it got us a bunch of contacts and stuff. And like, we met a lot of nice people and it's, it's always, you know, it's just a thing that you do when you want to be involved. And after a while, like I can definitely see like why St. Louis has had like 15 fucking promoters since I've lived here. Is it a, is it like a normal thing for kids in your area to travel out to, to the other scenes in the surrounding areas? Uh, sometimes we live four hours away from Louisville and we live four hours from Kansas city and then about five from, from Chicago. So we got three, like, pretty big market cities for hardcore, uh, within a few hours driving distance of us. So we get passed over a lot by like bigger tours mm -hmm. just cause like if I get large guarantees, I can't comfortably like know that I'll make it and I'm not about to fucking pay the difference. So 
I usually have to pass on stuff and it'll go somewhere else or I'll have to like try to haggle and, and just kind of hope for the best. So yeah, living right in between three major cities for hardcore doesn't really do much for us, but it helps sometimes with like the fests, like with, with LDB being close by and same with the rumble. We get a lot of like runoff from the tours that are routing to and from the fests. So like around fest season, it's always it's always pretty cool. But like there's certain parts of the season where it's just like completely dry, like right now, at least. And doing those long, well, four or five hours to me, that's a long drive to go to a show. Is that like a little more on the normal side for you guys? Uh, yeah, I think so. With like the bigger stuff, we, we get some of the bigger things that like the uh, Anaflus tour came through in May. Um, and then like the sanction tour that's going on right now just came through a couple days ago. So like we, we get hit for a few things and it kind of just depends on like the size of the tour, like what promoter it goes to. Cause there's a few promoters that do like the bigger stuff that's like kind of out of the league. Uh, but as far as like the smaller stuff, like mid-level things, it kind of just depends if, if I think we can swing it and sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. So most people end up driving a few hours if, if it's something big that they want to go to. Yeah, for me and where I'm at, we kind of get to get to pick and choose because the tours will hit like almost every part of Southern California. So guaranteed we'll at least have like two different choices on like a normal tour coming through here. Um, And we normally hit multiple dates because the drive time in between is like two hours at most. So like Mm -hmm. you're looking at like a round trip of like four hours and we're still able to make it back home in like a timely manner and get some sleep before work. But if I had to like, you know, double that, I I don't know if I could even make that manageable. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was younger, I I did it a lot more, but now that I'm a little bit older and got kids and stuff like that, I can't really, do that unless it's something like i absolutely like i I think the last show i went to up in chicago is when we went and saw i think it was american nightmare was there i think that might have been like the last time i traveled for a show that we weren't playing yeah because it's really a big deal to take that time out or you know or having to sacrifice sleep just to have like you know the, the night at the show and then just make it back home just to get back to work it definitely, uh, you know, gets a little rougher when you get a little older and have like a little more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I work nights. So like that part doesn't really bother me, but like I, whenever we do overnight drives and stuff, it's usually me that ends up doing it since I don't work early. So like the whole lack of sleep thing, I just kind of curb with like probably dumb amounts of caffeine that like is probably going to make my fucking heart explode within the next year. But you know, whatever. Yes, some guy at work the other day was saw me drinking uh energy drink and he was like he's like you know they put chemicals in that right and that's gonna kill you <laughs> and I, I just i didn't even know what to say to him because i was just kind of like i don't want to talk to you right now i'm trying to leave weirdo <laughs> that's strange yeah i whenever i've done our overnights i usually drink like a bang and take like two caffeine pills from a gas station and then i'm up for 36 hours caffeine so like pills? that part yeah i i don't want to die that's like kind of a pet peeve of mine like okay. dying so i try not to do that and uh that's the way to do it i found out is to just down like 800 milligrams of caffeine all in one sitting and then drive for six hours i don't think i've ever had the idea of taking a caffeine pill i got them from like a circle k which like just like a gas station somewhere and I drank the drink and I, I downed like two or three of them. And then I was just up. I did that when we drove from Boston to Rochester overnight. 
uh, when we were on the coast over the summer and I made Drew stay awake with me most of the time too. It was fun. That's wild. Uh, do you guys like just uh, rock out to like music or do you guys listen to podcasts on those long drives? Uh, sometimes listen to podcasts, uh, it just depends on what it is. And like, it's kind of hard to hear in our van. Our van doesn't have AC. So when, uh, we, we, we drive like during the summer, we have to have the windows down. So it's kind of hard to hear. So most of the time it's usually just music. Uh, I listen to a bunch of classic rock whenever I drive. So that's usually what we go through is like classic rock and then like really bad, like drunk white girl pop. <laughs> I'm like, unfamiliar I with that. I fuck with Lady. I fuck with Lady Gaga like very heavily. Okay, dude, and I like, want us to uh, cover Lady Gaga and like Slater from St. Louis uh, is another one that I like a lot and just like shit like that. And then like a bunch of Foghat. Interesting. Okay, I, I gotta check that out. I, I haven't listened to Lady Gaga in a long time. Dude, dude Lady I, Gaga I, fucking rocks. Foghat fucking rocks. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I legitimately like want us to write a cover of uh poker face, the lady Gaga song. Like, I think that that would be cool. No deep cuts only, man. You're going to be like that band um, that does all those really bad covers. Um, oh dude, the fucking worst. I'd rather die. Drew, like, you know, my pet peeves dying. We can't do that. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I just can't remember their name right now, but they they did uh, that Old Town Road cover. Yeah, yeah, and got yeah. like a bunch of shit for it. It was so, so sick watching them get a bunch of shit. This is so bad. Which like whatever. Like I'm like I don't understand the gimmick. I'm not into it. But it's just like yeah, just don't. Time and pressure is awesome. If you're gonna do Lady Gaga cover, just be wary. You might end up like that band. I want to do. I want to be on. Drew just wants to be on one of those fucking punk goes pop com. Uh, Hell yeah, man! I'm back. trying to get. I'm trying oh to get that God. Fearless Records uh, cred. That's so crazy. That, that uh, Christian label. Fearless? No, that was. Uh, yeah. No, that uh, was, face down. Yeah, face down. There you go. Yeah, that's dumb. Okay, uh, no, just, yeah, Drew usually ends up staying with, staying up with me whenever uh, I do like the longer drives, just because that's who I talk to the most about dumb shit. Or we'll just sit there in fucking silence for six hours, just sitting there in each other's company, both awake and just in silence. Yeah, yeah, man. That's just that's just where we're at in this in this in this uh, marriage at this point. Okay, uh, I can't fucking. I can't fucking wait to get divorced. Jesus Christ. Get, Sorry. get to where? Where are, you, where are you going? No, nowhere. Sorry. Okay. All right. I, I wasn't sure if um, I heard you correctly. No, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. You guys have a song called um, Hiroshima Lovers. Yeah. Can you talk about the meaning behind that song? Because reading the lyrics, which I, I appreciate you having the lyrics on the band camp, um, it just seems pretty deep. So I was just curious about that song. So Hiroshima Lovers is uh, uh, the the title itself is. Have you ever read Watchmen? The the Alan Moore book. Yeah. It's been like a really long time, if I'm being honest. So the Hiroshima Lovers is like a recurring image in Watchmen. Mm hmm. Um, it's like the, uh, uh, the shadows of like the two people like embracing, um, up, it's like spray painted against walls. And then it's like in Rorschach's mask and, uh, uh, it's, you know, like the, the skeletons embracing as the atomic bomb goes off in, uh, uh, Dan Dryberg's, um, uh, nightmare that he has at one point in it. Um, and I've, I, so like 
the song is about um when i was really young uh i was in this like really long relationship with somebody and it wasn't a good relationship at all but like i did i was young so i didn't know like what a good relationship looked like um and as i got older uh people started to like like i, I started like I, I would be very open i would talk about like this relationship that i was in when i was younger and people started to tell me that like oh that's like all the signs of of like an abusive relationship I didn't realize that at the time. Um, and I started to, after I kind of like talked to people about that, I started to realize that like this, this relationship that I had when I was a teenager, like when I was in high school kind of defined all of, um, like how I would act in certain relationships. Like as I got older, um, pretty much all my entire life. And so like I wrote, I, I wrote the song kind of about the idea that, um, um, you know, these like people who are in your life when you're younger, who affect you negatively, that doesn't go away. It stays in there. And so I made the comparison to like the, uh, the idea of like these shadows that are permanently kind of, uh, showing up throughout your life, um, being kind of like, you know, painted across the, the background so that even if you aren't aware that they're there, they're still there. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, that's kind of where the inspiration for the title came from. And then like a bunch of the lyrics, like reference, make reference to stuff in the book Watchmen. And then like, they make references to the things that Watchmen references, uh, throughout the, the, the story. Um, and that's just because I don't know, I'm just a big nerd for that book and I'll talk about it for hours. So I wanted to write a song that was somehow related to it. That's awesome. I am a fan of comic books. I have like a comic book club with some friends and hit the comic shop, uh, comic shop weekly. So I, I think that's pretty me, cool. Me that, too. Okay. That, that, that's pretty cool. Um, and just like hearing, and I literally had no idea that that song had anything, you know, do or anything like tied to comics. I, I think that's like pretty awesome to uh, hear that. We have, uh, we have another song, um, actually, uh, uh, number 75, which is the first song on the record. Mm -hmm. Um, the title to that is the reference is a reference to uh superman 75 which is the death issue wow i didn't even think okay that's 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 pretty cool i i literally um you know obviously the, i i look at the title and i just would have never put that together just because i i didn't know you read comic books so that's pretty cool i i read the hell out of comic books <laughs> But actually pretty much everyone in our band kind of does in some capacity, like James, James reads pretty, I mean, I don't know when the last time he read something was, but there are a few books that he's read like from front to back, uh, you know, like different series and stuff like that. Um, and then Dave, I, mean, I have Dave reads like while we're in the van, Dave's got stuff on his iPad and, uh, yeah. Travis reads occasionally too. And then, um, if Blake knew how to read, I'm sure he'd be into comics too, but <laughs> he's fucking he's not there yet yeah man my my house is just like full of comics that are completely disorganized and i have i think my collection is somewhere between like 75 and 7500 and 8000 books at this point but i also did just have a flood that like ruined a bunch of mine oh wow that's terrible yeah yeah i probably i probably lost about a thousand 
thousand in that flood actually. Damn. You know, I sold off like my original collection because I like I had this and like I honestly don't even know where it comes from. Maybe I should like talk to somebody and try to figure it out. But I don't like having like a lot of like material things. I, I just try to like and I, I don't like like by no means do I live like a minimalist like lifestyle, but I just don't like having a lot of stuff. So I feel like that's I feel like that's a normal thing and that okay. I'm the weird one because I have like like for me, it's like the things that I own are like tied to certain periods in my life. So mm-hmm. there's almost like, like, it's almost like, Oh, I can't get a, get rid of that. That's, you know, that's from when I was in college or something like that. You know, um, I'm the opposite. I'm like, Oh, g- get rid of it. Like, I don't care. It means n- like nothing to me. Um, <laughs> that's ex- exactly the boat I was in. That's, I, yeah. I had like eight short boxes in my closet and I was just like, dude, this shit's taking up too much fucking room. I'm not going to read really this crap. And I sold it and just had everything on my iPad pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I have too many, like way too many. That's how I was with like my first collection. And then I sold everything off, but then I got back into it because I, I took like a little break uh, but then I, I like got back into it and just dove like headfirst and I told myself I was like alright I'm really sad that I got rid of like a lot of like older stuff that I went out of my way to track down and spent a lot of money on so I was like okay this go around we're gonna keep everything so now I literally have like so many short boxes like in my closet and then in my room in my car my backpack that I travel with like there's just like books like constantly floating around with me yeah, that's pretty much how I am. Like I take, I take, uh, I take comics to work with me all the time just in case I get like some downtime and like, Oh, I can read this, you know? Yeah. That's Dude, awesome. Like I don't try to sound all organized with his whole trunk is, or his fucking backseat is just littered with. <laughs> oh yeah, comics. absolutely. Like my, my car make is full of them. He's it's like, yeah, I keep comics in my backpack. I take a few of the Andrews just literally has like a no, small just, library in the back of his fucking car. I, I'm I'm I just meant in the sense that like I constantly have books on me and sometimes that's not on purpose. Sometimes they're just a pile in the back of my car. It sounds all intellectual and shit. Just be like, yeah, man, I just keep I just keep these fucking things on me at all times, just in case. <laughs> Remember when someone broke into your car and didn't steal all that and just stole a bunch of fucking Nutrigrain bars instead? Yeah. What? That's so my, insane. Dude, my car, need that fucking fiber. My car got broken into at work. And uh, uh, yeah, all they did, like I went outside. I had just bought like a bunch of uh, like snacks and stuff for my classroom. And uh, when I was going outside to get them and I found like my window was broken and all they had taken was the food. That's wild. At your school, were there any like cameras? Did you ever find out who did it? No, they never did. It was me. <laughs> he just really wanted those bars. Yeah, dude. dude. I get the good kind. Your bars are sick. Well, there was a bunch of there was there was like seventy five dollars worth of snacks in there. Damn. Okay. And that was all that was always taken and I never replaced them. And I keep promising the, my students that I'm going to, and I'm just like, Oh man, I'm, <laughs> and I keep it, pretending that I'm busy, but like all I've been doing is, I don't know, like playing video games and beating off. <laughs> Ugh, catching oh, catching wow. a fucking show. Um, I'm sure some of your students like resent you cause they're probably looking forward to those snacks. I'm sure that some of them do. 
they're just like, damn it. He didn't bring the snacks. I, I'm, I'm going to hate him until he brings those damn bars that I've been thinking of. Yeah, that's that's you're probably like, I feel like you're you're making a joke, but that's not far off from the truth for some of them. I can only imagine because like the little joys like that when I was in school are things that like, like definitely were like highlights for me because I hated school when I was younger. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I would too. If Drew was my teacher. Like if a Nutrigrain bar was the one thing that made my fucking day better to be around Drew, I'd be (laughs) big mad if that shit is. Oh, wow. That's, that's so crazy. But did, did they like smash your windows or did you leave like your door unlocked or how they get it? No, in? they, they, they smashed the window. Damn. They must've really needed that fiber. That's so insane. That's what I'm saying, man. Like we, we like, uh, I was talking to some of the other teachers cause it's like a normal, it's like a, a like a, a pretty annual occurrence that somebody's car gets broken into, uh-huh. uh, at, at our school. And, uh, uh, the general consensus is that it's people looking for guns that they can pawn. And so that's why like usually nothing's taken, but they, Bro, they go what, through everything. What kind of shit is that? You look in the window. Oh shit. I see Nutrigram bars and comic books. This motherfucker definitely got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's so insane. I, uh, well, I guess you never know until you look. Yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're hidden under the bars. <laughs> That's what I'm they saying. found like, I thought it was, uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny that like I had, I had like a, uh, uh, one of my compartments was just full of tokens to a, uh, an arcade. And I, I, I thought for sure they would have like taken those thinking that it was change at first, but no, it was all, it was all there. Just open the shit. Oh my God. This motherfucker got 47 seconds. We had dollars in this bitch. Let's go. <laughs> What kind of arcade do you guys have down there? We got a few of them, actually. Um, they're all like arcade bars. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a few of them. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think most of them kind of suck. But there's one that just opened up. That's like a chain. They're like a national chain, so they're all over. But they're really cool, and I like them a lot. Uh, it's a place called Up Down. And like... Uh, everything there is like one token so it's super cheap and they do like different specials and stuff like thursday is 10 cent token day so you just like pay the bar 10 cents and they give you a token so if you buy like five bucks worth that's 50 tokens man that's a lot have you guys ever Dude, heard of a, uh, a place called round one mm-hmm it's like so. it's it's kind of like a it's it's a chain, but it's kind of like a bigger space. They have like billiards. Uh, there's a karaoke rooms. There's bowling lanes, but then they have like a giant arcade room. And oh, that's cool. They have like a lot of like uh, Japanese like like arcade games, like like all the up to date like DDR machines, um, all the current fighting games like Mario Kart, Initial D, a bunch of other like rhythm games. But then they also have like a bunch of like cool like claw machines to like win like you know cool little like plushies. It's a pretty cool spot. That's 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 my stuff right there. I I love Dance Dance Revolution. Okay. Like that's like when we when I go to the arcade, that's what I'm going for. That's why I have all the tokens. That's so funny, dude. When when you guys come to town, 
I want to bring you guys to, to my comic shop because <laughs> my comic shop uh, has a, a little arcade like inside of it and they have a DDR machine. They have a DDR Supernova 2, which is pretty awesome. Dude, I've I have never played past Extreme. Oh, wow. Like, okay. I, we've never gotten a machine out here past eighth mix. So like I've always wanted to play one, one of the, uh, I really want to play one of the, like the, the DDRA machines. Cause they have like the high def screens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to see one. You know, it's crazy. Okay. Okay. Scratch that. When you guys come out here, we have to go to round one. Cause at the round one, that's in orange County. They have the, um, 20th anniversary DDR machine. It's all the, like the, white the and gold. Yeah, it's all white and gold. Oh man, dude, it's insane. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I want to do. I want to do that. Okay, well, in March when you guys come out, make some time. Hell we'll yeah. go to round one. Dude, we'll just skip the show. I don't care about playing. <laughs> yeah, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw it. Screw the show. Um, we'll rebook. Or uh, James can rebook, and then we'll just hang out at round dude. one. Someone yeah, can I'm fill in. I am the. Four, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking spend four hundred dollars to watch Drew fucking tap dance. <laughs> I am. I am. Let's be real here. I'm the least important member of the band. They can get someone else to fill in. This is true. Okay. And yeah, the right. thing that I think about very often. <laughs> Damn. But no, yeah, I would. I would definitely like. I'd. I'd be very much into that idea. Let's go. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure when you guys, when it gets closer, we can definitely plan something out and uh, do some stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I feel like this is a good place to wrap things up. Cool. Yeah. My kids have been fucking baiting on the door waiting to go get uh Froyo because, you know, dude, you like guys get wide- Froyo? I want to get Froyo. It's- Bitch, it's fucking 35 degrees outside. We're getting Froyo. I'm big, man. I hate Froyo. Froyo sucks. <laughs> I hear that shit. That's so that cold. Do you, do, you, do you eat dairy? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I eat like, okay. cheese and stuff. I'm not vegan. Do you eat ice cream? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have Baskin Robbins out there? We do. Okay. I figured you did, but I just don't know what their reach is. Do you do you want to settle something for us? <laughs> ah, here we go, dude. Fuck Cold Stone. Don't even fucking don't James. Even fucking bring James thinks James thinks Baskin Robbins is better than Cold Stone Creamery, and because it is. No, it's listen, not. Listen, listen, listen. Fuck you. All Cold Stone does is they'll put this shit on a block, melt it kind of, sorta. Put some bullshit in it and be like, here you go. Give me $8. No, dude. No. No, fuck no. you and the fucking horse you rode in on. Fuck you. Fuck they, your mama. Fuck they your daddy. Make- fuck Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> Froyo can suck a dick. Basket Robbins isn't wonderful, but it's fucking better than being like, hey, let me pay you fucking double digits to fucking half melt my ice cream and put some brownie batter in it, dude. What? Fuck it's off basically, it's basically no, the same no, price. No, I don't want to talk about this. We're broken up now. This fucking band is done. I hate you. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to get Froyo here in a bit. You can't come because I fucking hate you. That's so crazy. No. Um, is it common to go out and get Froyo in that kind of weather? Because I feel like that, cause for, no. for me being in Cal- California, hearing 35 degrees, I, I can't even imagine being in that kind of weather. Dude, no, if you if you if you look it up, uh, uh, like frozen like ice cream and stuff like that, like frozen treats, they see a spike in sales uh, whenever the weather gets cold. Yeah, my wife and kids are just assholes, like, and they like like nationally, that's a so. thing. 
Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess I'm the one in the minority not wanting to do that. Nah, fuck it. I mean, any time is a good time for ice cream. I don't care. It could be like sleeting outside and someone was like, hey, man, you want to get some Cold Stone? I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) What if they asked, uh, do you want to get some Baskin Robbins? I'd say say yes. (laughs) Fuck you. Cold Stone's garbage. (laughs) God damn. Okay. Have you ever eaten Cold Stone? I've never seen you outside of Baskin Robbins when it comes to ice cream. Have you ever, have you ever eaten uh, Cold Stone ice cream? <laughs> My name's Drew. <laughs> Fuck you. Dude, I have eaten Cold Stone. That's why I know it sucks. You know what else sucks? You. I, I don't understand how you. Shh. Uh, shh, shh. Don't do this. Is, don't do James does the do this thing don't. where he's just like obtuse no, for the I'm sake of being obtuse. like contrarian. No. no, I'm not. I'm saying this shit sucks. Okay, listen. I will admit that I do that occasionally, but right now, fuck you and Coldstone. <laughs> Fucking holler at Mr. Coldstone right now. I'd be like, yo, your ice cream sucks. You a bitch. Fuck you. It's $9 to put some fucking brownie batter in some bullshit. No. Fuck you. Shoot. I'm going to go garbage. get Coldstone. That's garbage. what I'm going to do. Fuck you. Eat a curb. I hate you. Anyway. Hey, man. Thanks for getting in touch with us. <laughs> uh, no, thank you guys. This has definitely been uh, a pleasure for me. And I, I always am a little weary when I, I have people on who I'm not super familiar with, like uh, personally, because like obviously out here, like I'll see like a bunch of people um, around. So I'll kind of have I'll kind of have an idea of like what kind of person they are. Um, but when it's like the situation like this, where I never talk to you guys outside of um, social media, uh, it's a little, uh, you know, scary for me, but you guys have definitely made this way easy and it's been definitely a, a fun time talking to you guys and being able to talk about your guys, the scene and your band, which is awesome. For sure, man. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I genuinely hope that we get to play DDR in California. I'm a hundred percent serious. I will make that happen if, if you guys have time. I'm- because that's my only issue. Because yeah. I'm not sure what kind of schedule you guys will be running on. But if you have time, I'm very busy. I'll, I'll take you guys. I'll, I'll pick you up, or I'll give you directions, and we can meet up at the mall where it's at. Dude, me, me, and the guy who like comes with us to do merch. His name's Joel. We love DDR. Okay, that's so awesome. we're all about it. All right. Well, we can make it happen in March. Definitely. Hell yeah. Okay. So real quick before we go, do you guys want to shout out or plug anything? I'll let Drew go first. Um, I'm really bad at this because I never remember like what to say. All I know is uh, we talked about Brute Force, the band from St. Louis. They're awesome. There's a band from here called Blight Future who's really good uh, that everybody should listen to if you're into like more like post-hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Qdoba, so shout out Qdoba. Chipotle is better. It's not. That's wrong. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Um I got nothing. That's it. That's it. Follow me on Instagram if you want. I don't know. Ew. I've been watching a lot of TikToks lately. Maybe I'll make some. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, same. Um, pretty much what Drew said, except for Chipotle is better than Qdoba. Bassgrounds is better than fucking Coldstone. Everything is better than Drew. Fuck Drew. Brute Force rules. That's really about it. Oh, shouts out Wahlburgers, especially Wahlburgers. And that's really about it. All right. Oh, well, we got a record coming out. We got a record coming out next year, too. It's going to be like eight songs or some shit. It's going to rock. It's going to sound like fucking Foghat, probably. And maybe Jackson Brown. Okay. You know who Jackson Brown is? <laughs> you don't. But you're going to listen to that one song. It's going like, to oh, be. Shit, I know this Jackson Brown song. Let's fucking the, go. 
the record is going to be called uh it's going to be like another sense this is going to be the gateway city smell yes <laughs> The Gateway City Stank. Okay. Well, until then, uh, go check out their current record, The Gateway City Sound. You can find it on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. It'll be Dude, there. Dude, I found out it's on Tidal recently. I didn't know. On Tidal. Holy like, shit. You know, what else, you know what else is a weird thing that people have? Fucking YouTube Red and like YouTube Premium. Don't pay for that shit. That's dumb. That's Get weird. Spotify like an adult. Respect yourself. <laughs> All right. There you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. <laughs>